Good morning, Boomerangians. Good morning. Y'all are awesome. Good, good morning. Hi, y'all. It's a good morning. Brian is going to be teaching part three of our healing, which has been good. So get your questions ready so he can answer them. But before he gets happy, uh, blah, blah. Only part of my coffee is kicked in yet. Before he gets up here, let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come here to learn about you and to worship you. And Father, we just pray for your blessings on this service. We invite you in and say, let this service be yours. Let your words, let the words spoken today be yours. Anoint Brian's lips with your truth. Prepare our hearts to receive from you. Lord, let us come in just with a, just a voracious hunger for you, Lord, to know more about you, to praise you with all that we are. And we thank you, Lord, that when we walk out of here knowing more about you, we will be closer than ever before, that we will be so full that we have to overflow your love onto others. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. 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 Well, we've been, uh, you know, we started a few weeks ago doing a class on hindrances to healing, and in the process, uh, that day I remember uh, everybody's hand went. I got a question. I got a question. I got a question, and I went. Hmm. We need a little bit of teaching on healing, so let's get on that. And so we started last week with healing, part one, just going over the basics of healing. And uh, you know, this week we're going to be continuing in that. Probably going to have it next week too, and then that'll probably be it. But one of the things that we established about healing was last week is that healing is a part of the character and nature of God. And to understand healing, and if he wants it for you, is to understand where God's heart is. Now, personally, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a believer in God and who he is, as a believer in his nature and his character, when you start hearing people say, well, God doesn't want you well, well, to me, you're not just attacking the fact that I can be healed physically. You're attacking the nature and the character of God. You know, I should be able to stand in front of believers and say, God wants to heal you, and you, because of your goodness, uh, you, your knowledge of his goodness and his love, ought to be, yeah, he is a healer, because that's what childlike faith does. But a lot of times you find people in the church fighting against the goodness and the love of God. And so, and it's like, wait a minute, how did this block between you and the good, loving character of God get there? Yeah. And it comes from our world, our preaching that has you know, been off. It comes from a lot of different things, but it comes from really a lack of revelation of who God is. And that's what we were talking about last week. And if you missed last week, it's online. And please, please go 
see that because uh, you need to understand the character and nature of God and what your job as a believer is. Your job as a believer is to be, as a child, have faith as a child that says, you know what, if God says he's good, then by golly, he's good. Amen. Amen? If God says he's loved, then he's love, you know? And, uh, you know, it's funny that we don't even know everything there is to know about love, and yet we wouldn't put sickness on our kids to teach them something. If we had power to heal in our hands for our kids, we would not withhold that. Nah, well, you know, when you straighten up, I'll, I'll give you the power to get well, okay? All right. See, we know that's wrong. Just me saying that, and everybody's like, golly, that'd be an awful parent. And yet we've attributed that to God when we don't receive him as a healer. Yep. So this really has to do with his character. And, and here's what you have to break it down to is this. Do you believe what you believe now or what you've been taught up until this point? Even if it was from a preacher, even if a preacher was telling you that God's not a healer, do you believe what you believe not now? Or, or do you believe God and his character and nature? And one of the things we talked about last week is I don't want you to believe these things just because I said it, that's actually where part of the problem can come in. I want to point you to the character and nature of God. You take that back to the Word, and then all of a sudden you go, God is a good God. God is a loving God. God is my healer. Amen? All right, so healing is truly all about believing that God is truly good. That's what it's all about. Provision, and this goes for all the promises of God. It really is about believing that God is really good. Restoration, protection, deliverance, all the pieces of the fullness of salvation. It all goes back to, is God good? And it even goes to this question. If you can answer this question, you can walk in every one of the promises that, God's, that uh, God has for you. Does God love me? If you can believe that God loves you, then you can believe that what he says is true. In Romans 8.32, let's, let's put that up there. It, it's so interesting uh, in the, that this scripture is in the Bible, and yet we will overlook it. And he says this, He, talking about God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. He gave his son. He gave his son. He gave his only child for you. How will he not also with him, with Jesus, freely give us all things? I read this one day. I can remember years ago I read that verse and I went, Oh my goodness, it's all right there. Every promise, every goodness, everything we need, every action to save us from whatever we need saving for. How in the world, if he'd give us Jesus, how in the world would he not give us everything that we need to be saved? He would. Those are small things compared to his son, but it's a part of his character and nature and love. And so a lot of times what we're doing, you know, it says that those that do not love do not know God. A lot of times what's holding us back is we just don't know God the way that he actually is. We think we know God because we've grown up in church. But see, what we do know about God has been shaped and formed and 
conformed by the world. It's been shaped and formed and conformed by maybe even wrong teaching. It's been shaped and conformed by lots of experiences. But we've got to go back to what hasn't been uh, conformed, what hasn't been changed. Go back to the nature of God and say, I trust God. He loves me. He's my healer. Uh, Pastor Doug Mathis and Darlene did a song called I Believe in the Love. You know, man, I love that song. I believe in the love. I believe in the love. And if you can get that, you can walk in the fullness of everything that God has for you. Because all of a sudden you start to see God not as, not as this harsh, stingy, you know, schoolmaster, but one who is a loving father looking to bless his children. That's who he is. So healing has a lot to do with the character of God. And so, you know, I, I know that Nicole and I, man, we start seeing somebody who starts fighting against healing. It's not healing alone that they're fighting against. What they're fighting against is the character of the best loving person in our lives, our loving Father. They're fighting against that. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, we used to get real upset. You talk about our mama, you know, it's like, it, but here's people talking about your dad. I'm like, I'm upset about that. No. Oh, you can't you can't tell me he's not a loving God. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're wrong. So one of the things that we see in healing though is this is that it's absolutely something that because of our upbringing, because of our teaching, because of the world's way of teaching us about it, it's something healing is something in every promise of God that we need mind renewal on. Well, mind renewal comes by wash, the washing of the water of the word. In other words, it comes through preaching. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That's in Romans chapter 10. But what they're actually talking about is the word that's being preached to you. So a lot of times people don't see healing because nobody's preaching to them about healing. You don't have a minister that's talking about healing. If faith only comes when I'm hearing about healing being preached, then I'm not going to have much if I'm not hearing about it, if I'm not hearing it preached. Healing is something absolutely that we need mind renewal to. We've got to have it. In other words, we need to hear it. A lot of times people are like, well, we don't ever see he healing. Well, when's the last time you preached on it? Yeah. Well, I, it's been a few years. Well, one and one equals two. And yes, there you go. You're not seeing much because there's no faith being built up. There's no mind renewal to it. So this is an introduction. What these messages are is for you to have an introduction to healing. You know, especially the beginning last week, talking about the character and nature of God is good and love. And then this week we're going to go into talking about the sovereignty. Some of the hindrances are people say, well, God's sovereign and, and he's teaching me something. And we're going going to talk about those briefly but here's the thing you're not just going to get all this sitting and listening to it one morning right. these are designed so that you can go back and and let your mind start being renewed be renewed 
be renewed. I, I did a post a few weeks ago, and it said you have a shield of faith, and it doesn't have to be built. Everybody has a shield of faith, but it's not necessarily built on God's word. You can actually have a strand in your shield of faith that says God is not a healer, and it will be very difficult for you to actually receive healing. In order to get that out of the way so that you can receive healing, you've got to have a mind that's set and a mind that's renewed that God is a loving God, and he's my healer. That means you need to put this stuff in until you get it to the place, not just where you know that he will heal, but you know that he will heal me, and he will heal me now. And you put it in, and you put it in, and you put it in, and all of a sudden you don't just have a mind that's renewed. You have a mind and heart that is set. You can't get it out of me. You can't shake it out of me because I know it. I've seen it too much. I've seen this character. I've seen verse after verse after verse. And then somebody starts to you know, talk to you, namely the devil comes to you and he tries to tell you, oh, you're not going to get healed. And you start verses on healing start coming up to you because you built a shield of faith. And when he tells you something that's not a healer, that, God's, that God is not a loving God, all of a sudden your shield of faith is now built on the word and it stands up and says, that can't even come in this house this is how we walk in healing and divine healing so here's what the devil's trying to do if he can get us if the devil can get us to believe more that God is allowing the sickness to teach us something or that God in his sovereignty has chosen that I'm not to be healed. If he'll get us to focus more on his teaching and his sovereignty over the fact that he is a good God, then effectively we shut the door on our faith to believe the majority of God's promises. So what the devil does is he says, look, they're born again. They're going to go after God. They're going to, they're, they're going, all right, they're going to heaven. But how can I sidetrack them? How can I derail them? Well, I know, let's get their focus off of the number one thing that God is love. And let's focus it on, well, he's teaching me something. Now, all of a sudden, he's got you focused on Really a negative side of things that's saying, God's saying no. Well, God says all of his promises are yes and amen. Yes and amen means so be it. So in other words, if God's made a promise in this word and healing it, absolutely one of his promises. And if God's made a promise, here's what he's saying. Yes and may it be, so be it. The same strength at which he actually spoke the world into existence is the same strength that he said, so be it. The promises are yes and amen. Yes. So in other words, this healing can be ours. So let's look at his sovereignty. You know, a lot of times I heard Jesse Duplantis say something one time, well, God is sovereign and he will do what he will do. And that is true. God is sovereign. That means, that means he can do whatever he wants to. And Jesse said it like this, in his sovereignty, here is what he did. Yeah. All right? And healing is something that he has done, that he has set. Now, if we go through the Bible and we see that there's a promise and, and God didn't speak directly to it, like, you know, maybe he didn't say in 2015 on October 11th, I'm, I want Barrett to do this. Well, 
I'd have never read that in the Bible. In other words, that's up to the leading of God, and God in his sovereignty can help direct Barrett wherever he wants to go. That's not set in his word. It's not a set portion of his character and nature, nature to tell her exactly what it is today in the Bible. It's not something that's been set for years. But in his sovereignty, healing, yep. his love, yep. that's been set. So this is not something that we as believers need to go back to and go, was he wanting to do it for me now in 2015? No, he set it up as his nature. Yeah. This is not a question. It's a part of his character. It's one of his names. Yeah. He established this fact that I am the Lord that healeth thee. Matter of fact, that's in Exodus 15, 26. And what's interesting is, let's just look at what God sovereignly did. If God is God and he can do whatever he wants to do, let's see what he did. Let's see what whatever he wanted to do was, because on healing, he's already said it. He's already stamped it and said, you can have it. So, have you ever heard the scripture that says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses it shall be established? In other words... I, you know, let's say that Barrett comes and tells me something. Well, just because one person says something doesn't mean I should, I should take that as gospel, right? Well, but then if, let's say that John comes and tells me the exact same thing. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Now I've got two witnesses saying the exact same thing. And let's say that Jeff comes and he tells me again. Well, that's huge. So what's interesting is I, the Lord tells us to take the witness and the testimony of men, make it at least two and even three of men. And we should be able to trust that, that we should be able to make judgments on that. It's very important to have that. Okay? So, but then, here's the question that I have for you. What's a stronger witness than man? God. Namely, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So why don't we look at the witnesses of the Father, the witness of the Son, and the witness of the Holy Spirit in the Word and see what they, he has set on healing. So right here, all throughout the whole Old Testament, and you can see it, but right here, Exodus 15, 26, he says this at the bottom. He said, For I, the Lord, am your healer. You could, you could translate this to even say, I am healing. It's his character. It's his nature. It's who he is. And who is that nature pointed to? And he will not change. He will not turn it to the left or to the right. Who is his nature pointed to? You. You. Mankind. Healing is established by God, by the Father. So our first testimony, and there's more in the Old Testament that, that we can get to a little bit later, but here's just one where he specifically says, look, this is who I am. I'm your healer. I am your healer. Well, let's look at Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 15, 26. It, it's interesting how numbers line up. That was Exodus 15.26, and this is Matthew 15.26. You'll see that all throughout the Bible. It's interesting. And watch this. We established this last week where the woman came, and she wasn't a Jewish woman, but she was wanting healing for her daughter. And then the woman said this. 
she said, uh, he, or, or Jesus said this, excuse me, he said, it is not right, it's not good to take healing the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In other words, Jesus established this. You know, he said to pray that we should have our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And yet, what Jesus said right here was part of our daily bread was healing. Right now, you can just say this. Just say, Lord, I receive my daily bread. My daily dose of healing, I thank you for it. Thank you. I am healed in your name. In Jesus' name, I receive it and I believe it. Thank you. Every day you can do this. You can, you know, it's not something that you have to be legalistic about, but every day you should be waking up. You ever heard the scripture that says his mercies are new every morning? Yeah. Every day you ought to be waking up going, man, God's poured out new goodness and love and mercy on me today. And part of that is healing, is the bread to the children. Are you a child of God? Do you know him? Are you born again? If you're born again, the children's bread, the children's daily nutrition is healing. This is Jesus talking. You know, uh, and then she says, hey, even the dogs, he said, I shouldn't give you know, the children's bread to dogs. She said, even the dogs eat some of the crumbs. And you know what? He didn't scold her. He didn't get on to her. Matter of fact, he did the opposite and said, great is your faith. She was looking because she knew the goodness of God. Faith said, man, I trust him as a healer. I trust him as a love, as good. She reached out and trusted him, that faith. And Jesus didn't get on to her for that. Matter of fact, he commended her. Good job. Awesome faith. See, we need to be the kind of believers that we start reaching into the things of God and taking what the Lord has provided for us. I've heard testimony after testimony. I've had it happen to myself where I'm sitting back trying to be humble, but I'm not really being humble. I'm actually being disobedient and rebellious, going, God, if you'll please give it to me, please, please. And then at some point, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me, and I'll go, Lord, I take it. It's, uh, and this is a, actually, this is scriptural to do it this way. And the Lord will go, good job, son. Start walking in the authority and the promises and the gifts that I've already given you and stop acting like, a, like an orphan. You're not an orphan. You have a daddy. He loves you. He's got, given good gifts to his children. And it's time for us to believe God. Are we believers or do we just like talking about it? Yes, ma'am. So I, I get understanding that you need to have Rama understand that healing is mine and take authority and step into that. But when you showed Exodus fifteen twenty six, the first part of that scripture fell in my wheelhouse. So what part of healing do I need to own? So. I understand that there's that was a part talking of about, revelation. That was talking about obedience at the first part of it. Right. Yep. So I guess there's part of it where I go, absolutely, spot on. I realize I need to own my healing. Yep. I need to walk in my healing. I need to speak healing. I get it. But how much of receipt of my healing relies on my choices, my yep. wisdom, my ability to be obedient to God's word? Yep. Right? So... If God gives me a leading today, Deb, you need to take a jacket. You need to wear an extra sweater. 
I need to walk in obedience of making that choice instead of walking out in short sleeves. Yes, yes. Because then if I end up getting sick, my next step is, in my mind, and you can correct me, is if I do then become ill because I made the wrong choice, yes. then I have to humble myself to the Lord and say, where did I miss it? I missed it somewhere. And show me where I missed it because I don't want to do that again. Yep. And God's mercy would pour out healing on me because I humbled myself, correct? Yep. So I'm trying to understand what portion of all of this falls in Deb's wheelhouse. There's, there's two sides of that. There's two sides of it. Number one is because that scripture talks about being obedient. Um, you'll need to turn, there you go, <laughs> turn those monitors back a little bit on that mic. Um, there's two sides of that. Number one, let's back away from you for a second and look, let's look at the obedience that was already accomplished. Okay? This was an Old Testament scripture talking about obedience. So at some point, I, we were going to fall short of the fullness of obedience. And that's where Jesus came along and he was obedient for us. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility, but that is the first part of the equation. In other words, through his obedience, he secured our healing. Does that make sense? Now, that if you don't know that, then it's going to fall back to the law and what you do all the time. But in that, he already secured our healing. He redeemed us from the curse and made us like the curse isn't there anymore. Now, the second part of that steps over into now I'm redeemed, I'm cured, I'm whole, but love in me now because I have love because I've received it from him. Love in me, if I really do love, you know, Without works, I'm really not in faith. I'm really not in love. I'm going to see the um, choice that I made by my actions. My actions are going to show, am I walking in fullness of life and salvation? Am I walking in love? So now the love in me demands to listen to the voice of God and be obedient to that. Now, I don't have to. Right. I, have I have a choice. That's right. But if I'm actually living in love, then I'm going to be doing that. And what a lot of people don't realize is that healing is not always spectacular, right? It is supernatural, but it's not always spectacular. In other words, I've had multiple things where God has healed me right on the spot. You know, just last week when we were standing, I was having some severe back pain in my lower back. I'm talking about healing, right? But I'm having pain in my back. Well, then at the end, I pray. Well, the pain just goes away just like that. No more. I mean, I, never, I didn't even feel it. it was just awesome. Well, that's like a miraculous, supernatural, and that's kind of a spectacular healing. But then I've also had healing where the Lord, because see, what people don't realize is in the anointing is also wisdom. And that means when I hear his voice and he gives me a command, if I will follow his lead, I will step right into the places of his grace. That goes to humility. So the part of our part is to say, you know what? If God really is that good, why in the world would I not listen to him? And the reason we wouldn't is because we really love pieces of our flesh more than we love God. 
you know, and, and once we get over those things, then we start to walk in the places where we don't run into sickness as much as what we used to. Why? Because we've heard from the God, we've heard from God, we have learned how to hear his voice better, we've grown up, we've matured in him, and now we're walking in the areas where grace abounds and not the curse. Okay? So does that answer? Yes. Okay, good. Um, in the New Testament, it, uh, the New Testament talks a lot about Abraham's faith, and the way Abraham displayed his faith was he called those things that were not as they were. Yes. Some people, you can reverse that and think you're gonna you're applying that statement as I'm gonna call those things that are as though they weren't. That's not what the Scripture said. So, like, if you have a cold or, you, or re really anything suffering yeah. going on in your life, it's not being obedient to God to say, well, I don't have cancer. Cancer be gone. It's not magic thinking. Yeah. Faith would be, I have cancer, I have an addiction, I have a problem, but God is working on the answer. And the yeah. answer is going to manifest and take away the problem. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of people, um, like I said, I, 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 there's a lot of confusion in that area. And I, and I hear that quite a lot. Like, oh, no, I'm not broke. Well, buy me a cheeseburger. Well, I ain't got no money. Well, then you're broke. <laughs> you know, just be honest. I mean, we don't have to be deceitful about it. But, but there's nothing that says you're going to stay broke. You know, there's going to be provision and there's going to be doors open up to where we can buy somebody else a cheeseburger. I mean, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, there's... Um which is, it's a valid point, and there's, there's, I could give you scripture and doctrine to go on both sides of that okay. argument. And so, I've heard it said like this, faith is not necessarily uh, denying the problem, but it is denying its right to That's stay right. there, right. to be right, there, right, right, yeah, right. to stay there, or to have influence in your life. I just saw that last night, somebody said. You have to understand that, all right, and so here's, here's the question. Um, where are we seated? With Christ at the right hand of the Father. We're seated in heavenly places according to Ephesians chapter 2. All right, so um, where's the real you? Is the real you here or is it with Christ? Positionally, authoritatively, we're in Christ. He also says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ, which is Ephesians 1, 3. So one of the things that we got to start looking at is this, is are we um, part of the scripture that you did where Abraham, you know, calleth those things that be not as though they were, ties into Mark 11, which actually says that if we confess things with our mouth and we believe in our heart, okay? And the same thing in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if we confess salvation with our mouth, it works for healing too, and believe in our heart. Okay, so part of what Abraham was doing was he wasn't just confessing things. He was confessing things until his heart lined up with his confession. And when he had that, things changed. Okay, so you've got a lot of people that would just go around confessing things. But what they've kind of done is cut the rope in between their steering wheel and the rudder. They've cut the rope between what they're saying and their heart. They're not really trying to change their heart. They're trying to say it enough times for it to be so. This is not faith. This is not, this is not moving. And so what they do is they'll confess things for years. Now, the great thing about that is that still will help them stay on course. 
But until they make the connection that I'm actually changing my way of thinking, I'm changing, my heart is not, um, and I, I could show this in, to you, but this is not what this session's for. But my heart is not just my spirit alone. My heart is the core of who I am. In other words, my spirit man, my soul, you know, it's my, my renewed mind as well, okay? Um, so what we're doing is we are looking to confess things and move our heart to the place where it lines up with God's word. In healing, then we want to move our heart where we know that we're healed. That's right. And when something comes up and presents itself as contrary to that or counterfeit to that, we go, mm -mm -mm. no, I, you're not going to get past because the core of who I am is I'm healed. Right. I'm healed. Yeah. And so one of the things, though, there is, so let me ask this question. Let's say that, that you're sick in the physical, right? So in the physical, with physical eyes, what do you see? You see you're sick. The question is, what eyes are we looking with? That's right. In the spiritual, if you know that you're seated in heavenly places, I'm blessed with every uh, spiritual blessing. Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not sick in heaven. In other words, in other words what I'm believing for is, and I'm looking with spiritual eyes, in the spirit, what should you see? Do you agree that that would be a part yeah. of life? That's all right. Um, so hold on, hold on. So I'm, I can, at this point, I can choose to look with physical eyes, or I can choose to look with spiritual eyes. And what I choose to look with is going to determine who I am and what I receive. Yeah. And in Mark 11, one of the most important things that you uh, can have, there's a very, very important word there. Um, when you says, I, let me ask this question, and these are some details on believing for anything, but if you're believing, if you're sick and you're in faith to be healed, what are you believing for? Total restoration. Okay. You're believing for healing. Right. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Would everybody agree with that? So it's kind of like you're believing... For, I'm setting you up, but <laughs> you're believing for healing. Right. That's why most people miss it. Really? Yep. Go to Mark 11, uh, 24. Or, yeah, I believe it's 24. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have healing. Believe that you, believe for healing. Is that what it says? What does it say? It says, believe that you have received them. That it's already yours. I already have it. Right. I'm not believing, I'm not believing that I need it. I'm believing I have, in this act of faith, if I haven't had it before, I just now received it. Right. It's mine. I have it. Now, that means I'm not going off of my feelings anymore. You see, I'm not going off of my feelings. I'm not going off of what I see. And, and one of the issues, particularly with that calling those things that be not as though they were, that really, um, really bothered me early on was like, I was like, Lord, I don't want to lie. I don't want to say something isn't when it actually is. I don't want to do that. So, and, and the Lord took me to the place where the little girl had died, and Jesus walked in, and he says, she's not dead, she's sleeping. 
And they laughed him to scorn because they knew she was dead. It says they laughed him to scorn. Well, why would they be laughing? Because they knew she was dead. And he just came in here and said something that to the physical natural eyes was completely untrue. And, and you know, in the sense that I was looking at it, Jesus just lied. Well, I know that's not possible. So he didn't lie. And what did he say? He saw with eyes of faith and he spoke, he spoke the life that was already in existence and already on its way. And he, he had already received. He believed and he already received that she was just sleeping. So he kicked them all out and she got up. So the difference was he didn't lie. He didn't say things uh, that were untrue. He just spoke a higher truth. It's kind of like a trump card. You know, it's like, all right, you got four aces. I got the trump card. Bam. He laid down the spiritual truth. You know, the spiritual truth is always going to supersede natural truth. That answer your question somewhat? Oh, well, more of just a just a st- just a something I see that goes on in the church world or yeah. the world yeah. in total. The the I think the issue is you have to understand that you you have the promise and the promise has not been established by your anything that you've done. The promise is eternal. So yes. the fact that the promise is eternal, what does me being good have to do with me being healed? Right now, it, you want to be good. That's not. Yeah. That, that's not the issue. But, I'm but good because goodness, I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I've already received, I know the promise. I'm mine. healed because he loved yeah, me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the. It's the renewal yeah. of focus. Yeah. Um. And and talking about the uh, like the back trouble you had, it when you apply faith to a to a problem in the spiritual, it's 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 healed. It's yeah. it's right there. Now what we're looking for is manifestation. So to get to manifest, I always think of like a like a torque wrench on a bolt and you're spinning it and you're spinning it. One day you're gonna get that, that torque wrench is going to take that bolt out. But and so one day you're just gonna walk across back pain disappear and you think it's yeah. a miraculous but you've been applying faith pressure to it that whole time. And I and I go back to the book of Daniel, Daniel prayed and fasted 21 days and Gabriel appeared to him and he told him, I'm here because of the praying and you seeking God. Now, what would have happened if Daniel would have stopped at day 19? Yes. We don't know, but there's a good chance that manifestation may not have happened. Well, you know, we receive the promises by faith and patience, you know. We receive the promises by faith and patience. Well, that alone, that verse alone tells us that there's going to be times, and, and, and be it that there's something bigger going on or be it that it's just you missing something or whatever, and generally that's what it is. It's us missing something that we don't know about, okay? It's us that's off, not God, because we know his nature. We've got to start from the foundation of his nature, and if we do that, that sets the precedent and the priority for everything else. When he says, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises, well, we also know that God is not withholding any good thing from us. All right? So if something's being withheld, is it God doing it? No. It's either the devil trying to come in the way of it or something generally in us that's preventing it. And that's where, see, again, it goes back to his character and his nature. And see, and when the word says that by faith and patience we inherit the promises, that's going to show us that for, because of our reasons or whatever reasons, 
Every now and then, when we pray for something, we're not going to see it right away. We are going to have to apply patience to our faith. In other words, there's going to be a due time. It doesn't mean that God didn't want the time now. He does, you know, because that's what his character and nature demands. And so we're looking at it from a backwards way. And it really is a prideful way because we're putting the blame on God. And God's like, I'm blameless. <laughs> you, you see, and, that, and that's what we need to do. So when we hit those moments that it doesn't happen right away, our response is not stop believing our response is be patient in our believing. And so a lot of times we won't see something happen and immediately we'll just, well, it must not have been God. Who that's prideful. No wonder you're not seeing any grace. You see, you see how that can get flipped and mi missed up? So we'll just we'll finish this as the three witnesses. So we have the witness of of the Father saying, I'm the Lord your healer. Jesus said, Healing is the children's bread. Matthew nineteen two. Let me just go through these. And large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Now, watch. Who did he heal? Large crowds. How many of them? What percentage? But doesn't our flesh look at this verse and go, well, it doesn't say all of them got healed. At some point, our flesh will say that. And why would our flesh say that? Because we don't know the true character and nature of God yet. We don't really know his love. But see, if we are as a child, if we're faith as a child, we're going to look at this and say, he healed them there. Well, it didn't give any other you know, conditions or anything. He healed them all. He healed them all. All right, go to the next. And, and we see it, Matthew 4.23, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Everyone. Verse uh, 24, the news about him spread throughout all Syria. In other words, that should establish right there, if we're believing as a child, there ain't one he can't heal. And won't heal. There's not a disease out there. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. How many? Faith as a child and knowing the goodness and the nature of God says, it's all. All right, Matthew twelve fifteen. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed them, and he, it actually says it this time. He healed them all. Luke six nineteen. And all the people were trying to touch him, for power was coming from him and healing them all. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that would heal all of them when he was on the earth is the same Jesus that would heal everybody today. See, what we've got to do is we've got to get mind renewal on that where we stop accepting, well, maybe he won't heal me. You know, the one guy that did come to Jesus and say, Lord, if you will, he said, I will. I will. See, this is his character. This is his nature. That's why when we don't believe in healing, the problem is we are actually going against his character and nature. 
When we don't believe in his goodness, we're going against it. So, and what's interesting, what's great about the testimony of Jesus is we have the testimony of the Father, we have the testimony of Jesus. We know that Jesus was the complete representation, the exact representation of the nature of the Father. In the Old Testament, it may not be complete yet, but in Jesus, it was complete. And so when we see this kind of results out of Jesus, this is showing us the heart of the Father as well. So we've got a testimony from the Father, a testimony from the Son, and now let's look at the Holy Spirit, Acts 3, 6. It says, But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene. Walk, and seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. Did it stop with Jesus? No, all right? So, and it carried on. What are we seeing? Because right now, what Peter's moving by is the power and the testimony of the Holy Spirit. And then, you see, did it stop with the disciples right there? No, Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 4. Therefore, uh, they were scattered abroad, preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Verse 7, For in, in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Again, now we're past Jesus, we're past the apostles, we're into believers that are not the apostles, not Jesus, not the Father, and yet the Holy Spirit is still giving this testimony. I want them healed. And then you see the, the scripture that's breathed. You see the scripture by the Holy Spirit preaching through Luke in Acts 10.38 that says Jesus went, a, went around healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Then you see it in Paul in Romans in 8.11. It says that the Spirit uh, raised Jesus up, the same Spirit that raised Jesus up. He will quicken your mortal bodies. He will give life to your mortal bodies. Then we see it in Peter. So the Spirit in multiple men, Luke, Paul, Peter, uh, 1 Peter 2.24. Here he says he, that the Lord... Put up that, please. <laughs> and he bore our sins on, in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin, live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Going to be healed? It's already done. So the testimony of God with three witnesses, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is... I'm your healer, and it's done. We're just dipping our toe in the water, and, and there's so much more on healing. We'll go into more next week. Right now, you know, here's what happened. It says that the, the Holy Spirit works with the Word. So we've been, just been talking about healing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You've just heard the Word of God. This is not, this is not watered down. This is... God, this is good news. So what happens? Your faith for healing just arose. So right now, if you need healing in your body, just put your hand wherever that place is that might be hurting anything you need and just say, Lord, thank you for healing. Heal this body. Lord, I receive. I believe that I have received healing in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen. Amen.
Have a good one. Uh, do what? Had a question? Who? No, I just want to see. Going needs to start in our mindset. Yes. Yeah, the healing needs to start in our mind renewal. Like, yeah, exactly. It it really starts with us believing. Um, I forget who originally said it, but they basically said faith begins where the will of God is known. And so a lot of times what happens is people don't know that God is good. They don't know that God's a healer. And so you ask them to have faith for it, and they don't have any because they don't know the will of God. That's why we got to get in the Word, study it, and know. Amen. Have a good one. It's going to be a good service. Everybody get ready. Run, run, run.